Why am I not in this dock? You, you want to know if we're out of shower thoughts? How could you ever be out? You have as many shower thoughts as you have showers. I just thought like a really, really random one. That's why it's a shower thought. Like really random. Try me. Situational. So let's say, like, you know how you can't put a masusa on the bathroom door? Right. What happens if there's a door leading from the bathroom into, like, a bedroom? Like, you know, like, do you know what, like, a Jack and Jill is? Mm-hmm. So why would that be any different than like a no door to the bathroom? Entrance. So you're saying you go through the bathroom into the into the bedroom? Yeah. I don't think you would put a mezuzah on that door. I don't think so. The moment it's a door of a bathroom, you don't put a mezuzah there. Even if it's a door between a bathroom and a bedroom, it's still a door to the bathroom. No mezuzahs. I don't think so. Good questions But... Is there really such a thing as a Jack and Jill where you only enter the bedroom through a bathroom? I've never I seen that. Only enter the bedroom. I don't know. Maybe. If you want to avoid mezuzahs, that's one way to do it. Every door is a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> toilets everywhere. What if? I figured it was cheaper to put house, in toilets than mezuzahs. What if you live in a house with. This is hypothetical, but no walls. And there's a toilet in the room. Like a prison cell. Yeah. So like big. What do Jews do in prison? No mezuzah. I mean, anyway, you wouldn't be responsible to put a mezuzah in prison. Um, well, I guess no. Maybe if you were there for a while, you might be. Interesting. Or if you can't get one. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have the option. Most places you wouldn't even have the option. The weirdest question on Reddit. If aliens came down to planet Earth and were somehow proven Jewish, would interspe- interspecies marriage be kosher? Yes or no? No. <laughs> I think yes. Um, basically, the question is, what's a bigger, more important criteria for marriage? To be human or to be Jewish? Oh, I have a question for you. I'm going to go with... Um, wow, that's Reddit is a fun place. I mean, what do you look up? Questions to grill the rabbi. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a Reddit thread of there's that. Reddit, I saw a lot of stuff in like the questions to grill the rabbi. Confusing, but I looked up funny I would say it's irrelevant if they're Jewish or not, really? even even assuming there's such a thing as Jewish aliens, which is like. Contradiction in terms, but let's just play with it. Suppose there is such a thing. I mean, the fact that they're not human probably disqualifies them from marriage to humans in the first place. Something weird. I don't know. It's just you have to get married to another human being. Do you think God put humans on another world really far away just to know us? You never know. There's nothing heretical about exploring. What's that? That's what you think. That's what you think. You know how many people have told me I have a really controversial question. I don't know if I should ask it, and then it's like, oh, come on. Would you rather your son marry a gay guy that's Jewish, mm-hmm. or 
a non-Jewish girl. Those are the two choices. Rather my son marry a gay Jewish guy or um, or a non-Jewish hetero marriage. Um, that's a good question. I mean, there's a few different ways to tackle this. But if I want to put on my my legal lenses only, from a purely legal perspective, I would say the latter. Jewish law or like Jewish law? Like, what's worse? Jewish law wise. So I would say, here's I'm thinking out loud. Here's here's what I'm thinking. That I would rather God forbid that they marry a non Jewish girl if we're talking about my son. Because suppose down the line they change their mind and break up. Right? Now my son's in a position to marry a Jewish girl. And everything's fine. You can you can sort of revert back to the relationship that the Torah has in mind for him. If he's gay, he wants to be in a gay relationship. Um, again, I'm speaking purely legally here. There's many factors to take into account in these kind of things. But I'm just isolating for the purpose of the thought experiment, just purely legal. Okay? Blindly legal. That if he's gay, even if they break up, he's still gay. Still going to be wanting another gay relationship. And we're back to square one. Where that relationship is prohibited by the Torah. Or whatever. Relationship. Act. What if they. Whatever. What do you mean? Just, they stay lifetime together. commitment. So there's no chance. Oh, you saying in both cases, yes. never breaking up, guaranteed to be this no way chance. forever. You're also gonna say there's no chance that she converts. Yeah, let's say that. That Christian, too. 100% Christian. Not Jewish. And not, will never. But your son stays Jewish. I Of course. And you're saying there's no way she'll ever convert? Take that off the table. Yeah. So you can't even have that option down the line. Let's just say this is a hypothetical person. Not your kid. No, I understand. I don't know, man. It's a good question. Another, another point maybe in favor, another maybe in favor the other way around, is if this child marries a gay Jewish guy, then it's two Jews hanging out. A, they don't have children who are, in the other case, would be non-Jewish. In this case, they don't have kids. Once you get past the fact that they're in a relationship, there's two Jewish guys coming for Shabbos. Right? There isn't any more complications or violations or issues other than the fact that they're in a relationship. That's that's one issue, but that's it. 
There isn't. It doesn't open the, a, a you know a whole bunch of other issues. So in in a sense, maybe that's preferred. Maybe that's preferable because when you compare the two situations, one is just an ongoing drama. It's just right. It's more and more complicated with the, with the passage of time. This one is pretty static. It's one issue, and once you accept that issue, you know that's it. A bigger a bigger point is that parents have to realize that they're not responsible for the children's choices. It's not your choice. It doesn't reflect on you. It's their lives and their choice, and they have to have the freedom to make those choices. And you have to have the freedom to not be defined by their choices. It's hard. It's very hard when your children choose something that violates your deepest held values and beliefs. Very hard. Um, but you know, everybody has their journey. Hmm? Yeah. Interesting question. They would prefer that. Uh, okay, so so Jews over anything, that's what yes. they said. Mm-hmm. Ask your parents. Like, My dad said he disowned me. Either way, both cases. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, he said he'd love me but be disappointed. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play them. Okay, this is a good one. If God created Adam and Eve, did they have belly buttons? <laughs> Probably not. Right? So they're like different. Probably not. Then how did they come about? Well, I guess the next person. So Never mind. How did. How did. So Adam and Eve had a son. Yeah, Few. Only sons? Depends uh, who you ask. The Torah only speaks about sons. Commentary said that each son him had a twin sister. Where did they get that from? And then, where did they get what from? Like, <coughs> the Torah saying that. <laughs> Is that a weird question? Oh, where did the commentaries get that? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I thought, I mean, where did the, where the twins got the other twin from? Like, um, based on what? I don't know. But then, like, how do you... Make all of the humans, but like at some point, people have to marry their siblings, right? At the earliest generation, <laughs> that's all that's available. How could you not marry your sibling? There's two people alive, four people alive. What are you gonna do? I don't think there was an incest stigma back then. There was no choice, that's how you get the human race started. It wasn't a stigma, it wasn't a sin, it wasn't in anything, it was just. Just make a child. It was just like. Everyone's like related. Your sis wanna go. All Jews are related. Yeah. I'm already nauseated. All Jews are related with all humans too. Of course. Yeah. What's up, cousin? We're all brothers. Can a single woman, like by can I mean is it like understood to um, have a child on her own, like with donor sperm? Mm. Sorry, what's the Like, single women nowadays, this is a pressing problem in, like, my therapy, like, courses. Mm-hmm. Single women are having children by themselves. Like, just because they want a kid. Yeah. They want a kid, they can't find somebody they want to settle down with, or they don't want to settle down with so anybody. So that's a problem in, according to Judaism? Not a problem, but, like, 
What do you think about? It's definitely a actionable question. It's definitely something that is, you know, relatively modern dilemma mm-hmm. or, or, or ethical dilemma, ethical issue. There's a whole field of of modern halacha about, you know, fertility treatments in general, mm-hmm. even for married couples, a whole bunch of issues and concerns you have to watch out for. There are certain clinics that have rabbinical supervision that you'll know that the clinic is operating in, you know, accordance with any concerns that Jewish law might have, mm-hmm. not dismissing them. Um... don't know that it would be kosher to have a child that way. Mm-hmm. So that's like out of wedlock. On the other hand, out of... <laughs> the other hand, you're not right. You're not violating any of the prohibitions of relationships. Mm-hmm. You you could literally be technically you could be a virgin. Yeah. And have a baby. So you haven't violated the Torah's prohibitions on relationships. Mm-hmm. So what's the issue, right? I just had a, a treatment done, and here I am pregnant, and here I am with a baby. And maybe I just, you know, dance between the raindrops, avoiding blatant, right, obvious prohibitions. And, you know... I'm literally thinking out loud. I've never really researched this. I know there's a lot of material to research. Like, this is something that, like, I'm being taught as, like, someone who might work in mental health. Right. Like, this is, like, something that's, like, happening. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. No, I know it's happening. It's I, just, I know someone who had yeah, a baby this way. I do, too. You know, it's it's a whole new world. Just because it's unusual doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. I would, I, you know, just off the bat, it, it could be that Jewish makes, law wouldn't have an issue with it. I don't know. Because then I'm kind of thinking, like, I've always thought, like, even a child born out of wedlock, it's like, but God still, like, blessed that person with the child. You know, like, it was supposed mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. Interesting question. No, there, there's definitely a lot of research that, that could and should be done into that. Um, a lot of complex stuff. The donor side of things is also complex. You know, who the donor is and how that whole process works is also not simple from a perspective of Jewish law either. Are Jewish men allowed to do that? I think so. So if a Jewish woman wants to get pregnant, her husband can't, but wants to do IVF treatment. If it's a spouse, a different story. Are oh, you saying her husband is the one who, who, who can't, cannot have children. can't father children? Can the wife use donor sperm to get pregnant? I don't think so. 
there's a lot there's a lot of really the truth is I, I really shouldn't say anything because I've never really researched it in depth and this is a whole specialty in modern medical ethics even my medical ethics course we didn't touch this one Neil look at you no, but this is like we talked about it today. It's a very good question. Like we also talked about today in my, my couples therapy class, like, how... Oh, you do couples therapy? I do. Look us up. <laughs> Kidding. It's like three, maybe four years. Ah. <laughs> I'll give you a discount. Um, no, we were, like, talking about, like, if you have um, a client who's cheating on their spouse, mm -hmm. like, how do you support that person? Like, how am I as... Well, your moral obligation is counselor. Right? Like, how am I supposed to like help them? Mm -hmm. You know. So, what was the advice you got? No, we were just talking about it, and I felt oh. like it was very secular, right? Like, it's like, oh, like, there's like you know, client confidentiality, blah blah blah. Like, you can't, you know, and you're not supposed to give your opinion in therapy, technically. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you just have to guide them. Yeah. But like, how are you? You know, like if you're doing couples therapy and you know like something that you're not. Yeah. I would just be like, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Your husband's cheating on you. I'm sorry, that's what I would want to say, but I know I can't Signal. do that. Signal. That's terrible. Yeah, it's awful. I have a completely unrelated question. Thank God. <laughs> um, why, why does Rushi use his own font? Ah! I got this one in the bag. Yeah. No, I it's don't. It's a more straightforward answer. No, I, I actually don't. I don't know if it's a script that he wrote in. Where is he from? France. Really? Russia's French. Oh, you know that. Yeah. A lot of French yeah. scholars from that period of time. France and Spain. From What's Robert that? Bloom's from France. Mm -hmm. Rabbi Bloom and Russia, both from France. <laughs> Coincidence, I think. I stayed in his parents' house. What's that? I stayed in his parents' house. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He's in um, New York now. His parents? Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually don't know. I think you got me. Stopped. You got me. One second, one second. Oh, yeah. Why can some, like, why can Sparty Jews eat kidney on, like, I don't get why ah. that's fair. Eat what? Who? Kittens? No, kidney <laughs> up, which is like corn, rice. Yeah, that's not uh, fair. Oh, I always was like, I'm gonna marry Sparty. <laughs> Just so no, some I can like, eat these like bagels. Stuff. I always assumed because like that's like what they ate, like where they came from in the area. Like it was more common food. At, like at we had rice too. Like, my we had a nanny quit on us because we wouldn't let her eat rice in the house during Passover. She literally quit her job because we said one of the thirty. <laughs> She left. <laughs> oh, like wow. the first day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we had another one that uh, stole my mom's credit card and <laughs> pretended to be her. <laughs> we had fraud, and then one of them <laughs> was uh, abusive towards me and my sister. You guys could literally write, like, where do you get them from? Knowing my mother. <laughs> yeah, where I don't know. Probably uh, Kijiji or something. <laughs> so apparently, Rashi's script was never seen by Rashi, mm -hmm. never used by Rashi. 
Interesting. It was introduced by the first round of printing of the Torah, printing presses in the whatever, 14th century, 15th century, whatever it was, Gutenberg and so. And they used, a, it's like a, what was a form of Sephardic script that they used because it was, allowed them to fit more letters on the page somehow. Mm. And it was just a printing trick. And they used it for Rashi, and that way they were able to separate it to, to draw a distinction. This is the text of the Torah, this is the verses, and here's the commentary. Different font. Stuck. And it stuck, and they started calling it Rashi script, but it wasn't anything really special to do with Rashi. Oh, cool. Oh, so we never Interesting. Saw it. Great question. Looks really weird. Okay, no if the Holocaust... Hang on one second. What was, what was the question? What was your question? Kitniot. Ah, Kitniot. So Kitniot is a relatively, in the scheme of Jewish history, relatively new um, prohibition. It's only about a thousand years old. I mean, you do know that original matzo was like a laffa with steak and... So much Why really? did we sway from that? Why did we sway from cardboard? <laughs> I ask that question every year. Oh, so they Why? used to eat shawarma in the desert. No. They basically had like roasted lamb, roasted lamb, with a or horseradish aioli, <laughs> garnished with romaine lettuce. In a, in a lafa. Warm, soft lafa. Oh, leaning back. <laughs> Who decided this? With some wine. <laughs> Hook me up. Why yeah. did we become Ashkenazi? <laughs> <laughs> That's what all the Sephardim would like you to say. We are the real Jews. You. I don't think they're better. I don't think they're better, but like the their food yeah. during Passover. <clears throat> yeah. There's an Italian comedian who has a whole bit about uh, Jewish Passover food. You never saw anybody come to the Jewish restaurant and say, Do you have gefilte? <laughs> I came for the gefilte. Whatever. But Kidney like basically started as um, one of the things that rabbis have the power to institute as a fence, okay. keeping you safe from transgressing and violating any law of the Torah. And I don't know exactly which country it was that it started, Germany or Poland or whatnot, somewhere in Europe, where the rabbis at the time said that um, rice and corn are awfully similar to other um, types of grain, like wheat and barley, and then therefore in order to keep you, the innocent consumer, away from coming close to chametz, we're going to ban all these other types of grain that look like chametz. Fine. Sephardic rabbits at the time never bought that. And ever since the end of the Talmud, there is no such thing as universal legal authority in Judaism. Not at the end of the Talmud, the end of the Sanhedrin, not that far off. The end of the Talmud and the Sanhedrin are probably within a century, exactly. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, from the end of the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court, Jewish Supreme Court, we don't have a unified legal authority. All we have is regional authorities, which means to say rabbis' powers are just as strong as as many people listen to him. Usually, not more than his own community, if he's lucky. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to institute a new practice and say that in Waterloo the custom is, our custom in Waterloo is that we uh, take the Afrikomen and we, I don't know, break it into really small pieces and we eat the Afrikomen in small pieces. I could do that. I could write an email tomorrow, put it out there that we have a new custom in Waterloo. 
it'll go as far as people believe me and trust me and, and follow what I say. Mm -hmm. If nobody believes me and trusts me, it won't go anywhere. Right? So, all you had is Ashkenazi rabbis saying to the Jews in Ashkenazi communities, this is what, this is what we should do. So they were accepting it. Mm -hmm. The Sephardi rabbis never said that. Sephardi Jews never bought it. It's not their rabbis who came up with it. My rabbi said, no issue, so there's no issue. Next. Are you going to have two groups of people doing things like this, like that? Right. So be it. That's the way it works post, post Sanhedrin. As long as nothing that the rabbi is saying or avoiding to say violates existing Jewish laws. Right? So you don't have room for a di diversity of you say you can't work on Shabbos. I say we could work on Shabbos. So we're going to have work on Shabbos. And you, if you criticize me, I'll... I'll throw the book at you for, for banning diversity when we already know there's supposed to be diversity in Judaism. Bad, bad, bad Jew. One small problem. That point has already been sealed. That's an error of the Supreme Court. You yeah. can't override Supreme Court with your local opinion. Yeah. That's the only caveat. But besides for that, then it's just local, localized, regional authority. Is that the same? Because I'm assuming that Probably that law was like the Shum village. Yeah. The Shum cities. Gotta go. Shum cities? What were you gonna ask? What do you mean the Shum cities? Like the Ashkenazi, like spare. What is that? That's mine. Where like the Ashkenazi people were in Germany. Spare. Spare. <laughs> Not familiar. Spare worms and mains. You've never heard of it that way. Well? I've heard the names of those cities. I never heard of the acronym. It's like a together. S H U M. I haven't. Heard, I never heard the term. Really? I'm not German. I'm a mix of a lot of things. I have zero German blood. I don't know, there's no excuse, but... I'm from Spare, apparently. Yeah? Like, way back. What is this? That where the last name comes from. I know a few Jews named Spare. Spear, Spire. Spiro, Spiro, Spiro. Is it all from that? Wait, it's like the three cities were like... Big, like... In Germany? Yeah, for like the Middle Ages, like big, um... Rabbinic schools were? Sure. A lot of like laws came out. But isn't that where like intermarriage got? I'm not intermarriage. Polygamy got. Like they put a fence around that law as well? Um, yeah. I mean, one of the German rabbis basically said um, polygamy is a terrible idea and he banned it for a thousand years. Um,. That was after the year 1000. I found Daniel's space Jew question on Reddit. You got one more? Another question? Yeah. Hmm. Can you use hearing aids on Shabbat? 
people who need hearing aids? Yeah, they use them on Shabbat. What's the logic behind using them on Shabbat? Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any kind of special settings or ways that it's used on Shabbat, but I know that people do use it on Shabbat. Um, hearing aids on Shabbos. I don't Shabbos. think you have to turn them off. I think they just no. go in. We were just having this conversation on Shabbos. No, I know people who wear, and people who keep Shabbos who are in need of hearing aids. They use them on Shabbat. That's the rationale. Maybe it doesn't need, I don't know. I don't know. Got me again. But yes. If it's Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, definitely yes, but I couldn't explain to you the, the logic behind why or how there aren't any issues with that. I have another question. Oh. Who was in the land of Israel before the Jews? Depending when? Like, like the all beginning. of it. Canaanites? <clears throat> before that, Abraham. What cult? Like, I guess they didn't have a religion. I don't know. For the Canaanites? I mean, you go back long enough, it's Adam and Eve, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't your question. Also, when the spies went into Israel for the first time, Mm -hmm. Was it true they saw giants? And how did that work? Where did they come from? People were built different. <laughs> like, People were giants and lived to 800. That's it. I mean, yeah, fair enough. People did live very long. The uh, theological explanation is that uh, the first millennium of human history was characterized by tremendous divine kindness, generosity. In other words, Hashem creates the world. He doesn't have a precedent to say, oh, because you've done X, therefore I do Y. Right? He's just created the world. There is no, because you did X, therefore I do Y. So the whole first millennium is basically one big act of, ke- of kindness from Hashem. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing to, to earn it or justify it with. He created the world out of kindness. And the, the result of all that kindness, or one of the outcomes of all that kindness, is everything's in just supersized. Everything's supersized. Mm-hmm. Lifespan, supersized. Why? Because the whole universe, the whole environment of everything around us is just tremendous generosity and kindness. That's the vibe. So, yeah, giants too. Super-sized people. Everything's bigger. Moses is ten amot high. Yeah, everything is... Amalek, or however you say that word. Amalek, yeah. What about Amalek? Who are they? Nowadays it's impossible to know. Like they mentioned it in the reading today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, nations are all mixed together. Now it's impossible to know. They were a nation that really harassed the Jews a lot. 
from when they left Egypt. The first nation to attack them was Amalek. Are they from Egypt? No, I think somewhere near Israel. Um, it's one of... <sighs> Amalek, as a, as a name, is listed in the... Uh, I think it's the children of Asaph in the Torah. Eventually grows into a nation, eventually harasses and attacks, attacks the Jews. Haman, from the Purim story, Haman is a descendant of Amalek. Esau is... Yaakov's, bro- Yaakov's brother. Yitzchak is their father. Yaakov's okay. brother. But he's not Jewish? He is Jewish. There's a whole debate. Jewish. End of his life he did Teshuvah and repented. He's Jewish, basically. I have a question from Daniel. That's <laughs> how it works. So you phoned in. Um, if the Holocaust never happened, would we still have Israel today? That's a good question. I don't know. That's like a political question. I mean, look, there was a lot of groundwork being laid mm-hmm. politically well before the Holocaust. Was, it might have just taken a lot, a lot longer. Mm-hmm. might have taken a lot longer. Um, it might have looked differently. I don't, I don't know. Something probably would have happened. I mean, the Zionist movement was, was 40 years old, at least, by, by World War II. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think you can say that... That simple. What's your biggest Jewish question as a rabbi? What's taking him so long? (coughs) Why does God take so long to, to get everything right on this world? How much patience does he think we have? Apparently a lot. I think he's overestimating our patience. I made it this far. Past experience is no proof of future performance. Disclaimer every time you invest in a mutual fund. Right? That's Ido's department, not mine. <laughs> He'll be the first to tell you past performance and no indication of future performance. I'm the artsy mind, the question asker, not me. That's great. He'll do all the financial planning. He'll make sure that your investment account is not too risky, but not too... He'll have the dreams, and he'll make sure they're viable. (laughs) It's great. Anyway. Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot of theological questions or... I mean, I'm curious. Don't get me wrong. I'm curious. I'm always learning and everything, but... I'm learning about myself every day. I'm learning about the Torah every day. I'm like, there's a lot that I don't know and still figuring out, putting pieces together. So I'm still growing up. Um, you know, you could live in a mistake for 10 years and then slowly start to mm-hmm. click into place. <clears throat> um... Yeah, my main question is, like, you're taking too long. 
a statement. <laughs> you are taking too long. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's this cartoon, this comic that goes around every year before Hanukkah. There's the, the dreidel couple, the wife is in the shower, husband's standing there outside looking pissed. And he yells at his wife, you're still not dry and ready. That's how I feel sometimes. All right, want me to wait another day? All right. Another day. What else do you want the Jews to prove? Like, we've proven everything. Against all odds. We've proven everything there is to prove. Like, what? What are you doing? Another experiment of another exile that the Jews will prove that they still are dedicated to God. And... Are things supposed to get like really bad before Mashiach comes? They did get really bad already. I know. We've done that. But like, this world is crazy. Look at the world. We've I know, done it. But yeah, sure. There's 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 backing bad. for that idea that yeah. things are supposed to get really bad yeah. before Mashiach it's comes. It's crazy. Like how much worse. So uh, look at our history and tell me how many times things have gotten so bad on a national scale for the Jews that yeah. we didn't qualify for passing like through that stage already. Modern times are good, but comes with a lot of scary things. Yeah. Like things that were like, what? No way, it's never going to happen. Now it's like... Also, what does it say about before Mashiach comes? There won't be like, truth will come out. About what? About life, about the truth of life. Everything will be extremes. Look at the divide. Mm -hmm. Especially, yeah. On either side. Mm -hmm. It's extreme. It's really bad. Yeah. So people start to realize one second. Hopefully. Mm. 